0: Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. All right, let's hold our Bibles high up in the air. I'm going to be going to Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 33. I'll give you a moment to get there if you have your hard copy Bible, your iPhone, your smartphone. Um, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33. Can we put our Bible declaration up on the, on the screen first? I want everybody to say this say, this is the infallible, undisputed, and errant word of God. Today, I open up my heart mind, spirit, and soul to receive from its truths. God, I thank you that fruit will abound to my account as a result of reading, hearing, and applying your word to every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing out of respect for the reading of God's word. If you don't mind, thank you. If your knees can tolerate it. It's just a a few short verses. Luke chapter one, verse 26. It says, now in the sixth month, an angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Everybody say Mary. Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, watch what he says to her. Rejoice. Rejoice highly favored one. The Lord is with you. I want you to look at somebody only if you mean it and say, I don't know about you. Go ahead. You can look at somebody. I don't feel that favored right now. Come on, look at somebody else. Come on, you can be honest. Some of you might feel favored. I see somebody not looking. That's great. You feel favored. You're blessed. But how many have ever been in a season where you haven't felt as favored or loved by God as you would want to. But this angel shows up and says, blessed and highly favored one, the Lord is with you. But I want you to clean up what you just said to them. Look at them one more time and I want you to say this. No matter how you feel right now, the Lord is with you. He goes on to say, blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, You guys are having fun with that, I see. Now now listen to this. She was troubled at this saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. And he will be great, and it will be called son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? Now she knew Joseph. She was engaged, but that's not what the word "no" means. You know what "no" means. To know intimately and she was keeping herself pure before the Lord in other words they hadn't um, yeah they haven't come together you got it and the angel said to her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God And now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her, who is called barren, for with God, nothing is impossible. And then Mary said, Behold thy maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You may have your seats. You can bring me down just a tad. I understand largely now more than ever Mary's reaction to this angelic visitation. You know, I used to think when I came to Jesus, Jesus would make all of my problems go away. I used to think that if I gave my life wholeheartedly to him, that he would give me a trouble-free and painless life. But that is not, I've came from movements. When I say movements, church movements that make walking with Jesus look a whole lot more glamorous than what it is. If you serve the Lord, he will love you enough to give you a Bentley. And I don't doubt that God can bless. I'm blessed. I believe in being blessed. But that is not a good reason to follow Jesus. As a matter of fact, if he knows you're following for the, if, if he knows that you're following him for those things, trust me, you're in a little bit of trouble because he will bring you through seasons where he will dismantle those desires and actually refrain from giving you things, because he doesn't want you to pursue the things. he wants you to pursue him. And if you pursue him, you get the things. but if you pr- pursue the things, you do not get him. And the things will leave you empty. They'll leave you broken. They will. You end up at the end of a rainbow and find out there's not any real pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And then you start to find out that Jesus himself is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow because he's the only one that can ultimately satisfy our hearts. But this reaction of Mary really troubled me because the Bible says that she was troubled at these things when he said... Highly favored are you. And as I mentioned just a few moments ago, I thought when I came alongside the Lord, he would give me this pain-free life. And And I start to wonder to myself, did Mary understand the magnitude of what God's blessing would eventually bring in her life? Let me make sense of that. Anytime that now God speaks to me about a new venture or son, I need you to do this, or he confirms something that I'm supposed to be a part of, This is completely transparent. There's people who work for me in this room. There's people who partner with me in ministry in this room. It is no secret to even those who are on Facebook that when God told me to start the church, I wasn't doing cartwheels. Some people are like, what in the world do you mean? Because most people, when they get a promotion or they start walking in their calling, are super excited But in some ways, I'm a little bit too smart for my own good as it relates to following Jesus because I have 20 years of history that say, when you obey him, you will run into times of trouble. And Mary, I think, understood this. She said, the angel of the Lord said, blessed and highly favored are you. And she was troubled at this saying. And if you read on through the scriptures about what happens after this angelic visitation, everything that Mary and Joseph begins to experience is trouble. Because God will never call you into comfort. He calls you into conflict because conflict makes you Christ-like. I got a revelation of a few friends that I knew I was sleeping I'll be light in saying this. It wasn't wasn't in my notes, but I might as well do it. I I knew, and I see this in so many different dynamics, like we have to ask the Lord for eyes to see our situations the way that he sees. Because what we're wanting to get out of, the Lord's actually molding you and shaping you through difficult conflict, difficult relationships, a difficult job position, Now, Mary was carrying a seed, a baby, but what are you carrying in your life this morning that God is using to develop you and develop Christ-like character on the inside of you. And yes, I don't believe that God created sickness, but if he allows it, he will weave that into his master plan for your life, whether it's to allow you to make more to be more humble or to make create more humility, or maybe if you're a person who didn't have compassion at one point. Now Now that you have sickness or you have pain, God will give you his heart and you will then in turn have compassion for somebody else when you didn't have it before. God works out all things together for our good and his glory no matter what it is, no matter if it's sickness or if it's disease or if it's child loss or a weight that you're bearing because God's desire for every single one of us is to become more like Jesus. That is his desire. I often all the times you can write it down you can write it on your wall post it God's desire is not to make humanity comfortable it's to conform them into the image of the Son of God that's his desire and no matter what it takes God will position you so strategically to make you more like him until you begin to think like him until you begin to love like him and many of us think to ourselves God why do I always get a boss like this Or maybe you find yourself in a second marriage. I know that's tough. You find yourself in a second marriage and you start finding out, you keep running across this same pattern. And it's not because God doesn't love you. It's that he's using specific tools based on your design, your makeup, if you will, to conform you to be like him. Is everybody with me this morning? And I love gifts. Jesus Christ was the... I mean, I can't think of a greater gift to give a woman. I mean, one of the greatest value... for Who's had ch- children in here? Just wave your hands. Or you take care of one. Or you take care of a child who's maybe not your biological. There's nothing more rewarding, I think, in a woman's mind than to, you know, raise a child into to have a child. That's a gift. It's a great gift. I know they don't feel like gifts. They're like, yeah, I used to before they hit their teens. <laughs> I saw that look. They are still a gift. They grow out of the craziness later. It takes like, I was like 30 and I started acting normal, right, mom? So you got a few more years, but they will get normal again. And I, I love gifts. I know women love gifts in the form of, of children. Um, the problem is, is I'm, and I get good gifts. Like if you're my friend and I only get a few gifts around the holidays because there's just too much to manage. You know, I got my family and, and lots of different friends. And I don't buy many, uh, but when I do get a gift, I like to think that they're really nice, right? If I've given you a gift before, um, but the problem is I don't know how to wrap gifts very well. You didn't get any gifts this year, like if you've ever seen uh, me get a gift for you and it's actually wrapped, it's 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 uh, it looks like I, I took wrapping paper in a boomerang, and I just you know let the wrapping paper fall and you just ball it up, you, you know, like wrapping a bowling ball or something. It just looked like a giant big mess. God is like this. He's awesome. He's awesome at getting great gifts for us. The problem is we don't like the packaging that it comes in. And we oftentimes resist the Holy Spirit. Like if you have a husband who may... His demands, his work demands him being away more often than not. And it's not the perfect situation. And maybe you have relied on that husband a little bit too much. And maybe you're in a season where God is wanting you to, to put your effort and love into a relationship with him versus just a human person. Not that you're not called to love them. I'm just saying there's all different. When I look over this room, there's so many different issues that we have in our lives and that we're facing. Some it's sickness. Some it's a divorce. Some it's a situation or a situate. How do you say it? Situation. Situation. You know, it's not like a regular situation. It's you know tough. And I I really believe I was struggling with this all morning because many people have had the word of the Lord. Do you know how many people I've seen come to this church? It seemed like a revolving door. They'll come and the Lord has spoke to them. God has called me to be here. And then all of a sudden, all these things begin to fall apart in their lives. And where we make the mistake is when we walk into this. My mom's like, oh, they're in trouble now when I come around the pulpit. You're in the splash section. When God speaks to you and says, I've called you here, I've called you to do this, I've called you into this relationship, and you know it beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're in the middle of God's will. Anybody ever felt that before? But then all of a sudden, everything that can go wrong begins to go wrong. Everything begins to get deconstructed. Has anybody ever been there before? Mary understood that. That's why she was troubled at this saying blessed and highly favored. Can I I, I just be honest and completely transparent? When the Lord said, I want you to start this church. I want you to love people. I want you to serve people. I want you to never have a Sunday morning to yourself again. When I started, at first, you, you want to get excited. Yes, Lord, I'll absolutely do it. But For the person of God who's wise spiritually, they understand obeying the Lord entails you bearing weight and entails you uh, coming up underneath a burden for the Lord. And and, and here's what I have found out. Here's where the real favor comes in, is the conformity into God's image, becoming more and more like Jesus. How many want to become more like the Lord? I said, how many want to become more like the Lord? I want you to look at every single situation that's going on in your life as an opportunity to grow closer to him, no matter what it is. It can be loss. It could be heartache. It could be pain. It could be disappointment. Listen, for the child of God, there's nothing that is happenstance. There's nothing happening in your life that God is not completely aware of. And if he, listen, if you pray and it doesn't change ever, then God is not wanting the situation to change. But guess what he does want to change? It's a crazy church sometimes. Don't mind them. Visitors, listen, visitors don't pay any mind to that. They don't normally act like that. We're just showing off because you're here. If you have prayed, if you have fasted, if you've asked, God, remove this relationship, or God, I need you to change this job. He doesn't. He might not want to change the boss. The boss might be a rusty tool to get the job done on you that needs to be done. God may use that hard relationship to make you humble, to make you meek, to break you so that you can, listen, because God has a promised land for each and every single one of us, but the promised land cannot be ready for you. You might ruin it if you get there prematurely. This is what kept the children of Israel. Come on, am I preaching okay this morning? The children of Israel, if they would have gotten to the promised land, they wouldn't have taken Jericho if they got there too early. If you get there too early, if you get that spouse too early, if you get that upgrade too early, if you get the career too early, too early, too early, one plus one plus one equals three in God's kingdom. Not two plus one. He doesn't allow you to skip one thing. God would do you and your neighbor and your future husband Your future job, your future career, your future ministry, your future pastoral role, whatever it might be, he would do you and it a disservice. And if God promotes you too quick, too quick, too quick, you will actually ruin where God wanted to bless you. If you go too early. So what he'll do is he'll wrap all kinds of issues up. He'll present issues not to torment your life, but to make you more like him so that you can thrive when you get there and that you can honor him and glorify him. And listen to this, when other issues come up in the promised land, those issues will not crush you. Does everybody hear me this morning? Am I talking to you? Is this landing home? Let me just see your hands. I want to know if I came with the right bullets this morning. I want you to listen to this. Blessed and highly favored. Say, I am blessed. And highly favored. I have found. I know the way that I have preached sometimes to you guys has come off as you hear, you hear this old word from a young man about repentance. Turn from your sin. And I believe all of that. I really genuinely believe that. I believe that we should live a repentant life. I believe that we should walk holy before the Lord. It doesn't mean you're perfect. Perfect person just repents quickly. I was praying for someone earlier and I said, listen, you cannot avoid doors being open. When I say doors, you know how like when you open doors, like at your home, I live in a popka and, and like the, the, the city bird is like mosquito. That's a mosquito. Yes. If you leave the door open, like all these mosquitoes come in and just eat you alive. And they love me. I don't know what it is. Almost that wife had to almost bring me to the hospital, and you take rush me to the emergency room, bust open the doors. Like, what's wrong with me? Got bit by a bunch of mosquitoes. Right, so my skin starts to like reacting. <laughs> it's the sugar. I think they say it's the carbon dioxide because I breathe really heavy. And, and there's no person in this room that will not open bad doors in their life. No person. You can't avoid it because you're human. Look at someone and say, you have stuff. And you will make mistakes. And that opens doors to the enemy in our lives. But the key is not keeping the doors open because the longer you keep a door open, negative things start to come in your life and can affect you. So the best thing you could do is say, Lord, I repent. I ask your forgiveness. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. And at that moment, that door is shut. It's shut. So the perfect life is not the life that doesn't doesn't open doors. The perfect life is those who realize when they've done wrong and shut the door quickly and go say, forgive me to whoever needs your forgiveness or vice versa. Is everybody hearing me? So I know I, I, I talk about sin a lot. I talk about repentance a lot. But this is not what causes chaos in most people's lives. You never thought you'd hear me say that, did you, Ken? Amy, Rick, you never thought I'd say that, right? Because I oftentimes talk about what sin does to the believer. But can I tell you what causes most problems in the believer's life? When you you come alongside Jesus, how many of his lives were actually okay before they started serving the Lord? Do you remember when Saul had that encounter with Jesus and Jesus said these words, I must show him how much things he must suffer for my name's sake. because something happens in the suffering with the Lord. I begged the Lord. As a little boy, I always loved Jesus. Always did. My earliest childhood memories was my mother reading the red writings to me of Jesus talking. So it was ingrained in me as a little boy. Always, you know, if I try to date a girl, you know, do things I shouldn't. I was convicted. And plus, the Lord wouldn't let me get a date anyway. So it's like, it wouldn't have worked anyway. All my guy friends had girlfriends. And they're like, they question. they're like... Why do you eat at the restaurants alone? I'm like, no, I've tried. I've asked girls out on a date. They just won't date me. And then I have a woman at dinner last night. She looked over at me. She said, anybody told you you look like Jim Caviezel? I'm like, that's like the 10th time somebody's told me that. That's what it was, Lord. Maybe i look like Jim Caviezel. Maybe that's what it was. But Mary understood what highly favor meant. Being close to Jesus is going to cause problems. Look at Jesus' life. At the end of Jesus' life, everybody forsook him. Never let anybody say to you that it is easy following Jesus. It will cost you everything. Everything. But it's worth the cost. It costs everything. If you really want to know the price, Ronnie, it'll cost you everything. It'll cost you relationships. It will cost you friendships. But the heart was designed. God designed you specifically to only find satisfaction in him. You've dated. You've married. You have children. You have a place, have a decent car, at least most of you. I drive a 1999 Ranger. I drive something else too, but things do not satisfy. There's a person who satisfies. And listen to me. A relationship with him, like a real, genuine relationship with Christ You don't have to have all the other stuff. When you you find that, truly find that, and sometimes it's found through suffering and hardship and pain, when you find that, your heart will find a place that it's been looking for all of its life, it will find home. He made us that way. What we try to do is we try to make our home, our heart find home elsewhere. The The career is gonna save it, this relationship is going to make my heart feel at home. Being a pastor or achieving this goal or I wanted to save $25,000 in my bank, that's the pinnacle. And then you end up finding out that the goalposts continue to move. And you have to continue to move it. It goes from one achievement to another, and then another, and it keeps moving. Why? Because it's a mirage. The human heart was made for God and God alone, for fellowship with Christ and Christ alone. He doesn't share His glory with anybody. You can try to take a light and plug it into something else it was not made for. It will not work. It has to be plugged into the source where power can go by and move through it and bring light to a room. That's how we as believers are. You can try to plug it into a career and find satisfaction you won't find it there you will try to find it in ministry you won't find it there you will try to find it in relationships and you won't find it there you will try to cover it up with having lots of children or doing lots of things or staying really busy your heart will not find home there your heart was meant for Christ and Christ alone come on does anybody believe that I want to say this and I will close in just a moment I'm going to read this, Matthew chapter 1. Hopefully it'll be up on the screen. Am I speaking too fast back there? Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Is everybody okay out there? It says this, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, who was his mother? Who was his mother? Mary. Was betrothed to Joseph before they came together. Before. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. If you ever came home, never mind. I mean, can you think of what Joseph was thinking? Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, he was a holy man, say he was holy and not wanting to make her a public example, do you know what they would do if a woman was found pregnant before marriage? They would stone her to death. They would, at the very minimal, ostracize her. But if it was publicly known, that execution would be the payment for that that sin. But he being a just man, a holy man, was not wanting to make her a public example to create fear for the other women. He was minded to put her away secretly because she was pregnant, but not by him. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. I get you, Joseph, I would have needed the same thing. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take to your wife uh, Mary. For that which is con." is conceived in her, is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. I want you to think about this problem. This highly favored woman, her first major problem is having to describe to her husband that she got pregnant. By God himself. By the Holy Spirit. That's a problem. Do you know what that meant? That means absolute guaranteed ostracism. You know how you're obeying? How, you want to know how you obey the Lord? You're, how do you know you are obeying the Lord? When you obey and all trouble starts happening. Do you know how many times I would get, in the, my early years, I would not tithe just to test. You know, I was a young testing the Lord, not in a good way. Does this really work? You know, I had to test it. You know, kids like, hey, the stove's hot. Don't touch it. They have to test it. And I would test it and everything would start going right. I'd start getting, my finances start getting in line. And right when I started tithing and giving a tenth to the Lord, everything would start to go wrong. Sometimes when things are going right is not a sign that you're doing the will of God. Sometimes doing Right means everything will start when you're attempting to do right because the enemy doesn't want you to continue in doing right. That's right. So he'll, he'll create comfort because comfort causes stagnancy. He doesn't want you to grow in the Lord. And so, so think about this trouble. She has to describe to her husband what happened to her. And then she's risking death, risking ostracism. And she has to spend three months with Elizabeth. Now listen to this. Another problem pops up after this angel says, blessed and highly favored, you are Mary. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Oh, by the way, and of course the angel withholds all of this greasy information, the fact that Herod is going to send out headhunters for Jesus and kill every single male child under two years old. So now they've got to flee to Egypt. You ever seen a woman pregnant on the back of a donkey having to trek through the wilderness? And actually, if you have to trek through Jericho, it was a place where there was robbers and there were thieves. They risked her, she risked her life. Where were they going to go fill out a census? They were making a count in Jerusalem or Bethlehem, near Bethlehem, to count all of the Israelites. And so she has to travel by night. Why was she traveling? To hide So you got all these problems. Obeying God doesn't guarantee comfort. Obeying God actually sometimes means you are promised trouble. Jesus said, "In this life, you will have you will have trouble." Now I don't know what your problem is this holiday season. It might be offense towards someone. Is it God teaching you to forgive? After all, you've Asked Him to make you just like He is? Maybe it's rejection. Is God showing you that people can be for you one minute and leave you the next and that He's the only one who is constant in your life? Maybe no money for gifts this holiday season. You're struggling financially due to everything that's happening in the economy. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to refocus on what Christmas is truly about. Maybe it's marital issues. Is God showing you to turn, maybe he's turning up the heat in that marriage, allowing underlying issues to come to the surface, come to the light so that you guys can experience a blessed marriage in the future. And he doesn't want things to be underneath the surface anymore. Maybe it's a breakup. Is God getting rid of this bozo so Boaz can come? I don't know what it is. What, whatever your problem is, job loss, maybe God's bringing a greater job opportunity. Maybe it's sudden tragedy. Is God using this tragedy to bring people together who otherwise cannot get along? God uses problems. Look at somebody and say, blessed and highly favored are you. Being close to Jesus will cost you something. The favor of the Lord. Can everybody stand to their feet? I'm going to close. Listen to this. Listen to me. The favor of the Lord. I have seen two sets of people. On one hand, both experience the favor of the Lord. But I've seen oftentimes two or three different responses, and I'll give you the two. Can I give them to you? Just two, and I will will close. I have seen the favor of the Lord rest on a person, and all of us have the favor of the Lord on our lives to a degree. The scripture is clear. It says he reigns, meaning Jesus reigns, on the just and the unjust. And on one side, I've seen the favor of God be put on someone, let's say like maybe not getting pregnant by the Holy Spirit, but just the favor of God. God has come through in a way that only he can. And then trouble comes. And this person, when that trouble comes, they feel that God has forsaken them or they begin to grow bitter in their heart. Like God's not doing this thing that I, I believe he spoke this, but I'm seeing that. He said he was going to do this, but it's not looking like that. And and little by little, that person, they don't say it at first. They'll still show show up to church for a while and then they'll miss one or they'll read their Bible for a while. They'll still read it, but there's this bitterness. There's this gulf between them and their relationship with God. But little by little, the heart begins to drift away from God. This person had the favor of God, but they didn't realize the difficulty was to bring them closer to Jesus, not push them away. Because I've seen the other person in the other camp where difficulty has come. I'm about to close. I've seen the difficulty come that creates brokenness. Can I tell you something? I have never felt more helpless in my relationship with the Lord. It's like I'm a baby all over again. I come out here many times not even knowing what I'm going to say. I was telling Dean I used to go preach for him at his church. I was a confident, young, arrogant teenager. I thought, man, I just knew what my destiny was going to look like. I knew what the church was going to look like. I thought I knew how to preach. I thought I knew how to communicate. I thought I knew what I wanted. And then i, I it's like every single... S- week to week it's like the Lord deconstructing me deconstructing me to where I feel like a almost like a helpless does anybody ever feel like that? like people you might be in here and feeling like man I should I've been walking with the Lord for 20 years and I feel like I should feel so much further ahead but in God's kingdom his favor looks like diminishing not promotion it feels like you're being deconstructed Deconstructed. Why does God do that? Because he is all about making his strength. He only makes his strength perfect in one place. In weakness. That's, that was the favor. I was getting the revelation. Here's the revelation. Here's what real favor is from God. Are you ready? When you allow him to do whatever he's going to do, deconstruct, remove... Cut, change, redirect. You let him do all of that stuff until you're completely lost without him. And you don't know what to do. You don't know where to move. You don't know where to go. And you don't even know how to pray. And you, because what is God? He's not looking for golden vessels. This was what Catherine Kuhlman said God is not looking for golden vessels. He's not looking for silver vessels. He's looking for yielded vessels. I want to tell you exactly what I mean. Back in the green room today, anytime I feel like I need to perform, like I told my mom I was almost in tears today, uh, the other day. It wasn't today. I was in tears today, too. I cry a lot now that I'm growing in the Lord. I said, Mom, I said, I don't want to be a dancing chicken anymore. Here's what I mean. I know that sounds funny. There was this old country movie, and he was tired of all the smoke and the lights. And what they did with these chickens is they had this stove underneath the stage, and they wanted these chickens to dance. And everybody in the audience didn't know what was going on. They just seen the dancing chickens. But there was somebody behind the scenes turning up the heat, and they just—you know—those chickens would just hop and dance, and they were just, oh my God, these are wonderful chickens. This should be in the Guinness Book of World Records. They actually dance. They would pick up those little cluckers, you know, real quick, and everybody's laughing. But there was a heat underneath the stage causing these chickens to jump. I have been feeling in my own life any time that I there's any performance in me whatsoever. It's like I feel the Holy Spirit begin to withdraw from me. If I feel I pray because I have to pray or perform, like even in the green room, I just wanted to be quiet, and I, I, just, I felt like I overdid it. You understand? It's because God's doing something in His body, in His church, in His people. It's like I don't like. It's like being still and laying on my face. It's like I feel the Lord more than when I even just pray, because sometimes even that can become religious. You can look like you have relationship with him and inside you be so distant from him. And what God is doing is deconstructing me and he's deconstructing you because in your weakness, he becomes strong. And that, that burden that he's given you is creating favor. What's the favor? Complete reliance on him. Complete oneness, complete oneness and connection with the Lord to where you don't even breathe or move or sit down or rise up without complete dependency on Him. that is God's favor in disguise. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.